Jonah, and we made it to chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach uh, unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah rose and went unto Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh, through, uh, through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast nor uh, herd, excuse me, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, uh, taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And, and Lord, you are... Uh, true to your character always and, and you spoke of, uh, of of turning when people would repent uh, and uh, and father we are thankful that you that you do that and we see it here with uh, uh, with Nineveh and dear God I just pray for the filling of your spirit as I relay the message tonight uh, from your word I pray for Lisa in the nursery and I fill it with your spirit and uh, uh, watching Isaiah there father and uh, I thank you for the good services this morning, the privilege to, uh, to be saved and to meet with your people and to have a desire to do the things of God. All these things are changes that you uh, work in us, God, by your spirit. We thank you. We praise you. Thank you for all those with us online. Uh, we continue to pray for, uh, for uh, people to be able to gather with us again uh, as soon as possible with these uh, with the circumstances of the COVID and such changing around us and health and strength and healing as you would grant it as well. And uh, Father, please uh, help us in that thing, in these things. We're thank thankful, God, that as we've laid our prayers before you, that uh, we know that you will hear and answer them, uh, Lord, according to your will. And help us to uh, have, have ears to hear and uh, eyes to see as we follow you. And, uh, and Lord, to be more like Jesus. Father, we pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So I will have some people read some verses uh, uh, in a little, just a few moments into the message. And so I will put out some verses. And if you'd be a volunteer to read it, uh, I would appreciate it. Jeremiah 34.21. Who wants Jeremiah 34.21? Brother Chris. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
Jeremiah 34, 2. Uh, Brother Bryant, uh, Jeremiah 32, 28. Sister Sandra, uh, Jeremiah 32, 4. I must have got that one out of order. Jeremiah 32, 4, Brother Charlie. Jeremiah 32, 3. Brother Dennis. Jeremiah 22, 25. Sister Stephanie. Did we get everybody just about? Just about, Jeremiah 21, 10. One more. Jeremiah 21, 10. Sister Lynn. Okay. That's all I've got there. So, so when we come, time comes, I'll call out the verse and you just raise up, raise your hand and, and uh, the rest of us will be ready to listen. Amen? All right. So uh, Jonah chapter 3 uh, and verse 1. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, uh, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. And I was thinking about that. You know, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Um, it's kind of a unique way of, of, of phrasing that. You don't find that in the scriptures elsewhere. But the, the Bible is not saying, and the Lord spoke to Jonah again. And, you know, the Lord spoke to him once before over there. He spoke to him once over there. Oh, and he, he spoke to him a second time. No, he's saying more, saying more than that. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Which word of the Lord? The very word of the Lord, what? That came to him the first time. That's the word of the Lord that he's talking about. He's not just saying, well, I, I talked to Jonah about this the first time, and then I had something else to say to him, and so I spoke to him the second time. Not what it's saying. Uh, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Uh, the very thing, what? That he wanted him to do. Uh, it, it, it comes to him. And uh, so his word comes to him the second time, saying, and here it is, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching which I bid thee. Well, now that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, what does Jonah 1.1 1, 1 say? Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come before me. <laughs> it, uh, it sounds uh, like God doesn't change his mind, does he? <laughs> uh, God had something for Jonah to do. It didn't matter how long uh, he was going to run. It didn't matter where he was going to go, how he was going to try to hide. God wanted him to do that. And when he repented uh, and came back to God, it was time what? For, where, for him to pick up where he left off. Amen. Just exactly. And uh, so he, God tells him again. Now, as I told you the first time, here's the second time. I want you to go to Nineveh with the same message uh, that I gave you uh, uh, the first time. And we see that, uh, that God's, uh, is a, God's message uh, does, not, does not change. Uh, we think about... Uh, about Israel as they were coming into the land of Canaan and how, uh, how Balak, the son of Moab, wanted to curse Israel. Remember that? And he called the, he called the soothsayer Balaam uh, uh, to come and curse Israel. You might remember uh, how, how that went. Uh, Balak calls Balaam and says unto him, Numbers 23, 13, Come, I pray thee, with me into, uh, into another place. Oh, let me back up. Numbers 23, 7, uh, He's called, uh, Balaam is called to curse Israel. He goes up to curse Israel, but God won't let him. And, uh, and Balaam uh, says in Numbers 23, 8, How shall I curse 
whom God hath not cursed. <laughs> you see, God was going to bless Israel. What's Israel's name mean? That he's found favor with God. He's not going to curse Israel. So Balak and Balaam aren't going to change God's mind. Balaam goes forward there. Maybe he'll get some riches from Balak if he curses. But God won't let him. You know, God's already you know, uh, told Balaam he was that close from dying uh, to dying if he didn't listen. And so now uh, Balaam's got his ears wide open. He's going to say whatever God said. God won't let me curse Israel. He won't let me change, uh, ch change that message. So he refuses to do that. And then Numbers 23, 13, Balak said unto him, Come, I pray thee with me unto another place from whence thou mayest see them, the Israelites. Thou, thou shalt see but the uttermost part of them and shall not see them on. Curse me them from there. Let's get a little bit different scenery. A little bit different timing now. Maybe things will change, you know, and God will have a different mind. And what happened? Uh, just exactly the same. Uh, just, just, just exactly the same. God would not curse him. What did, uh, what did uh, uh, Balak, Balaam's message uh, when, he, when he came back to Balak that time? God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Uh, he Hath he said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken and, and shall he not make it good? Uh, God's going to bless these people. And... Uh, of course, he sends them. He, you know, he, he sends them out again, and uh, and and Balak continues uh, to refuse uh, to curse God. Why? Because God to curse Israel. Because God doesn't change his mind about those things. Uh, he's going to bless them, and uh, and we see that God had the same uh, message for Jonah. It's interesting that uh, when Israel uh, when uh, had been uh, taken captive and such, the northern kingdom and and uh, and. Uh, when uh, uh, Zedekiah was reigning in Judah, and uh, they had not yet been taken captive, and, and the Babylonians had, uh, had besieged the city and such, and uh, uh, Zedekiah is, uh, is, uh, is, the, uh, is the king there in Judah, and the, uh, the Egyptians came out of their place for a little while, and scared the Babylonians away. And so uh, 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 at that point, uh, Jeremiah went out uh, outside of town somewhere, and I forget where it was right now, but, but they accused him of, uh, of, of, of turning himself over to the Babylonians. You know, he's not doing that, he said. So, but they, what they do? They put him in prison. And he was in prison for, uh, uh, for, for a long time there. Zedekiah is beginning to wonder because you know, Egypt came out, came out, their armies came out, Babylonian, they, they were besieged the city, but now they're fled. Are they going to come? What, what's up? So he's, he's about to ask Jeremiah a question. But before he asks him a question, we're going to read our verses. We're going to read some things that Jeremiah has already told him, okay? Uh, so, so Jeremiah... 34 uh, uh, and uh, 21. Who has that one? So we got the hand up there. And uh, Jeremiah 34, 21. Amen. And Zedekiah, king of Judah, and his princes were like given to the hand of their enemies, and into the hand of them that seek their life, and into the hand of the king of Babylon's army, which are gone up from you. All right. Jeremiah 34, 2. Raise your hand, whoever has that one. Jeremiah 34, 2. Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Go and speak to Zedekiah, king of Judah, and tell him, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. Okay, as we read these, see if you notice the commonality in these verses. Uh, Jeremiah 32, 28. 
For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will give this city into the hand of the Chaldeans, and into the hand of Nebuchadrezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall take it. All right. Jeremiah 32.4. Whoever has that one, raise your hand. And Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape out of the hand of the Chaldeans, but shall surely be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon and shall speak with him mouth to mouth, and his eyes shall behold his eyes. Jeremiah 32, 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which thou hast not uh, knowest which thou knowest not. That might be. I might have got. I might have got wrong. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Ad, wrong address. Was that Jeremiah thirty-two three? I am so sorry. Oh, sorry, brother Dennis. For Zedekiah, yeah, king of Judah, had shut him up, saying, Wherefore dost thou prophesy, and say, Thus saith the Lord: Behold, I will give this city unto the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall take it. Jeremiah twenty two twenty five. And I will give thee into the hand of them that seek thy life, and into the hand of them whose face thou fearest, even into the hand of Nebuchadrezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of the Chaldeans. All right, and Jeremiah twenty one ten. For I have set my face against this city for evil and not for good, saith the Lord. It shall be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. Amen. All right, so we notice the commonality in those verses. Uh, and uh, now, <clears throat> here's Zedekiah's question. Jeremiah's been in prison a long time. Then Zedekiah, the, uh, the king, sent and took him out, Jeremiah, out of the prison. And the king asked him secretly in his house and said, Is there any word from the Lord? <laughs> what do you think it's going to be? Is there any word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, There is, said he. Thou shalt be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon. <laughs> okay, do we get it? And uh, God's not going to change his mind. And uh, there was a point there where you read in Jeremiah, where you read, God said, If you turn, you know, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. But as things progress, you see that, uh, that it, this is a resolve thing. It be, because of their rejection, this becomes a, 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 you know, a, a resolve thing. Eventually, uh, it comes to the place uh, where uh, their choice is, uh, becomes, uh, now, you, now here's what you need to do. You need to turn yourself over to the king of Babylon or else you're going to die. You'll find Ezekiel uh, prophesying that, Jeremiah prophesying that. A choice becomes, okay, uh, besieged uh, or being, being taken captive to Babylon, going to happen. Going to happen. Uh, city going to be burned down, going to happen. Going to happen. But now your choice, now your choice is surrender and live or resist and die. And that would, be, that would become their choice. But God didn't, uh, didn't change his word, amen. And uh, he was going to do uh, what he said he was going to do. So the word of the Lord came unto Jonah uh, the second time there, uh, saying, 
saying, uh, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching uh, that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. We talked about uh, that some earlier in starting this lesson. Uh, now, uh, what is Jonah doing? He's now going to the city. He's doing what he vowed to do inside the fish. I think that was part of his prayer. Uh, he was thanking God for answered prayer in the fish. But he also, he had, in, his, in his previously answered prayer, he had come to repentance uh, and, uh, and it looked toward Jerusalem and his heart and such. And then he makes a vow. He's going to keep that which he's vowed. He's going to worship God. And I think what he vowed was, I'm going to do, God, what you told me to do. I'm going to, and so that's what he's doing here now. After, this, after the fish spits him out, he's going to go to Nineveh, uh, just like he resolved to do. Uh, that's part of repentance. That is that we turn from our sin, what? To the will of God, amen, that we want to do what God wants us to do. That's exactly what Jonah uh, is doing here. And uh, he's going to go to, uh, go, uh, go to Nineveh. Uh, now I think about this you know, the Bible says uh, so Jonah rose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord now there's a big space there where we don't have any information he's out in the Mediterranean Sea in a whale in this fish and he gets a ride back into shore shore where? we're not told <laughs> we don't know uh by the way, if, it, if, if the whale took him right back to Joppa, uh, where he left in the ship, then he's still got a, a journey over 500 miles to the east to get to Nineveh. <laughs> okay? Uh, so uh, on foot, we're talking, you know, probably close to two weeks uh, journey there. Uh, there's all kinds of crazy things that people try to fill in the blanks here. And by the way, listen, God, God... Uh, can do miracles, can he? Remember Philip, when he when he when he baptized that Ethiopian eunuch, and the Bible says what, the Spirit of the Lord what, called him away, and then he was you know uh, uh, found elsewhere. God did that. God did that with Elijah, didn't he? Just caught him away. Could God, could God do that with a whale? <laughs> yeah. Could God do that with a person spit out of a whale? <laughs> yeah, he could. Uh, did he? We don't know. We don't know. You know, uh, what if he just spit him right back out where he got on? That's possible. And I was thinking about that. You know, running from God doesn't make God's will easier later. When God tells us to do something, the best time for us to do that is when he tells us to do it. Amen. And by the way, when we don't, I believe it becomes harder to do it after that because of our disobedience it can be harder to do i mean just think about it however far he had to travel now he's doing it with this uh with this preceding uh, uh, catastrophic events that have happened he's been out there on the sea they've been in the storm uh, and uh, and he's been in the fish and and he's been he's been through all that before he had just gone to Nineveh all that wouldn't have happened but now the mission hasn't changed the mission's still there all the work required to get the mission done, all the traveling and all that still has to be done. But now it's coming on the heels of what? Of him, you know, uh, uh, nearly dying as some believe, dying as some believe and rising again. 
and uh, going through all those, all those catastrophes, and now he's got to still do the mission. So it's not easier, is it? Uh, I think of uh, you know, Joseph and Mary when, uh, when they went up to worship at Jerusalem when Jesus was 12, and, they, and when they were getting ready to leave, to leave uh, they, uh, they assumed he was in the midst. And, uh, you know, and they uh, went away, uh, I, I believe it was a day's journey, and then they decided to ask you know, around, and they didn't find him, so they went back, and you know how long it took, to, took them to find him in the temple? They, were only, they only had traveled one day out. If I remember correctly, it took them three days to find him. It became a little rough. <laughs> uh, and they said, you know, son, we've been worried about you. Why, you know, why, has, why hast thou dealt with us thus? What did Jesus say? How is it that you sought me? By the way, how was it that they sought him? They didn't. <laughs> they assumed. They assumed he was in the crowd, you see. So he, so they, so they, they, uh, in their conversations with him, they were kind of intimating that he had done something wrong, which we know that wasn't the case. And he uh, just, just uh, uh, gracefully let them know that no, I wasn't the one that did something wrong. You were. How is it that you sought me? And uh, they didn't even look for him. And uh, he was in the temple. Had they, had they looked for him, they'd have found him. They wouldn't have gone through all those problems. But because they weren't careful in their responsibilities their responsibilities became harder later. See that? Became harder later. And, uh, and that, that can happen to us if we don't listen. And, uh, and, uh, and by the way, and that's a tool of teaching, isn't it? That makes us want to listen more, a little bit more intent, intently the next time. And uh, uh, God's a good teacher and a good trainer uh, in those ways. So Jonah, verse 4, began to enter into the city a day's journey, he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So he, he's traveling a day into the city, and uh, some say he, he travels a day and then preaches. I kind of get the, the idea that he's preaching along the way and walking into the city. He's, he's probably preaching his crowds gathered to him here, gathered to him there, and keeps on walking, and, and he'll, he'll go down another street and take another direction, and, and, and people will gather there, and, 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 and he'll, he'll pe- preach to crowds as he goes through the city, and he goes in uh, uh, in a day's journey uh, that, that, uh, in the city preaching. And he says, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And uh, 40 days. So what a, what a, uh, what a warning uh, for, for the city. And uh, we think about 40, the 40 days there. And that's often associated with judgment, with a testing time. In the scriptures, uh, Genesis 7, 4, uh, God is uh, angry with the world, with men who have whose every imagination of their heart is only evil continually. And what's he going to do uh, in Genesis you know, uh, uh, 7 and such? Uh, he is going to destroy the world with a flood. And Genesis 7, 4, For yet seven days, God says, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days. Forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. It's, it's, a, it's amazing the, that uh, the cultures in the world that have a flood story, there's so many of them, and uh, they have a flood story, and the similarities that they have, that they have uh, with the Bible. And uh, uh, why? Because, now, are there differences? Yeah, because people change the story. But, but the truth 
uh, the, the truth, uh, just the fact that it's among all the cultures uh, uh, bears, witness, bears witness to the truth of that. But you know, as you read the flood stories, there is none more specific than what we have right here. I mean, we, we have details in the flood story in, in, in our book, in our faith. And by the way, they're right. Why? Because this is the true story. This is what happened. All the other ones just branched out from somebody telling somebody else and somebody telling somebody else and then mixing it in with their faith, mixing it in with their religion, what they believe. And the stories, and the stories kept some similarities, but they got astray as they got away from the word of God. But guess what? We got it right down to the detail right here. And we have the flood story uh, right here. And God says, yet 40 days Nineveh shall be destroyed. And going back uh, to this time, uh, they were closer to the truth of the flood stories than we are now. So it's likely there wasn't as much uh, uh, misinformation disseminated. And uh, they may have been uh, realized more of the details of that story than, than people recount now. Because they were a lot closer to it. Uh, millenniums closer to it than we are, than we are now. And so 40 days, uh, they, they might remember, oh, 40 days. Well, that's what God, when God destroyed the earth. That's what he, he rained 40 days on the earth. We think about that. We think also about, uh, about uh, Israel uh, coming out of uh, Egypt into the promised land. Remember, we talked about Balak, uh, the king of Moab and, uh, and uh, them coming out, him wanting to stop them, him wanting uh, a, a false prophet uh, to, to, to curse them. And so they went out, they came out of, the, of, the, of, the, uh, of Egypt and were headed for Israel. And uh, uh, they, 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 went up to the, they went up to the mount uh, before they got to Israel. And uh, in Exodus 24, 18, Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount, how many days? 40 days and 40 nights. By the way, that was a testing time, wasn't it? Because Israel, uh, at the foot of the mount, was away from Moses. By the way, he did that twice, the 40 days and 40 night thing. And, uh, and so that was a time of testing. They didn't do too good on the first time, did they? Uh, and we, we, we read some about that in, 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 a, recent, in a recent sermon and study. Uh, so that was a time of testing, which... Uh, which, the, which they actually failed in a sense. Aaron making the golden calf and, and, and all of those things. Uh, Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. He did that, did that twice. Uh, we think about uh, Israel coming to the promised land. Uh, and those spies searched the land how many days? 40 days. That was kind of a testing. God said, I'll give you the land. The spies are, are sent out. What are they going to do? Are they going to believe God or not? Well, we know the, the sad story. The answer is not. Uh, the only ones that believe are what? Joshua and Caleb. And so it was a time of testing, certainly for those spies that went out, and most of them failed it. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and the multitude that failed it convinced the, the others in their, in, in their unbelief. And so what? Judgment came. And guess how long the judgment is? Forty years. Forty years in the wilderness. And uh, so, a, so a long judgment very well could be uh, that, uh, that uh, these knew about that. Uh, the, the Hebrew scriptures have been around. Israel's history coming out, conquering those seven nations, mightier than they, uh, has been around. And now uh, the, this king is this, 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 this Jew that uh, comes you know, out, of, out of nowhere, it seems, and he's preaching uh, judgment and destruction 40 days. 
and, and maybe it maybe it rings a bell. Uh, we think about uh, about uh, Jesus was forty days on the mount. He was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was in the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. He was being what? He was being tested, wasn't he? And uh, he was being tempted. And what happened? He came through with flying colors, amen, uh, for you and I. And uh, he was successful in that. And so, uh, so thank God, thank God for that. But I think of those, those, those people of Nineveh. Uh, their, their repentance is just amazing when you read about it. Uh, so the people of Nineveh believed God, amen, and proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. Every one of them uh, put on this, uh, uh, this, th th this sackcloth <clears throat> and uh, from the greatest to the least of them. Look, look and, here, here's, here's, and, here, and then we get details of how, that, how it came to that. Uh, the people uh, of Nineveh believed God. They put on the, the, they fasted, put on the sackcloth, all of them. And here's how. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king. So now we don't just have Jonah uh, out there preaching. We have what? We have the king sending out decrees. And, uh, and he is uh, proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man... And let, Think, look, think of the extent of this. Let neither man nor beast, man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. I was looking at that. You know, of course, associated often with, 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 with fasting and such, or with, uh, with, with humbling yourself, the sackcloth is fasting. He, but he didn't, just say, he didn't just say eat. He said, let neither man, he said, he said what did he say? He said, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. I mean, this guy, this is a serious fast. And this is a, this is a, this is a serious repentance. Interesting. Uh, uh, that, that word taste and sometimes you know there's translations that cross over you know where taste could mean eat or uh, but that's not the case with this one uh, uh, that, that word taste that Hebrew word is found in an Old Testament 11 times 10 times it's pronounced taste one time or it's, it's, it's translated taste and one time it's translated perceive what it means is taste uh, Remember when David's friend Barzillai, David wanted to take him over and take care of him in, in, in Israel after he helped him, and he said, "I'm so I'm, I'm too old." He says, "He says, can I can I can I taste what I eat anymore?" Taste is that word is that word here? Eat eat is another word. Taste is what Jonathan did with the honey; he took a taste of it. And this king says, "Let neither man nor beast taste anything." Wow. Uh, uh, let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. And he says, cry mightily unto God. <laughs> mightily unto God. Turn, uh, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from the fierce anger that we perish not? I mean, that message hit home. I, you know, the, the Bible talks about in, in, Luke, in Luke 11, 30, that Jonah was a sign unto the Ninevites. 
Uh, we know he, he gave the message, but he was also assigned. We don't have any details on, on, on how that he was assigned to them. But I mean, think about it. If, if they're familiar with some of these terms, with some of Israel's history, and this guy comes into Nineveh, and by the way, they had a reputation for being pretty tough. Uh, they were pretty violent. Matter of fact, the king says, let everybody put away the violence in your hands. They, they, they had a pretty bad reputation. Here comes this lone guy walking up. Or maybe he, who knows, maybe he came, maybe he came in a caravan and, and then parted himself uh, and then walked you know, by himself up the street. Who knows? But here comes this Jew by himself preaching destruction and, and judgment in the middle of town. I mean, that guy could have been skinned alive. <laughs> this, is a, this guy is crazy. Can you hear what this guy is saying? He gets the message. Oh, oh. And he starts putting two and two together. Oh, oh. What an amazing thing. Who knows how God used that and how God worked, you know, uh, in, those, in, in those hearts there. You know, one man delivered by a whale, uh, UPS, delivered UPS, underwater uh, prophet service. And uh, he's delivered to Nineveh. Of course, they may or may not know about the whale. That was so, so far away from Nineveh. Uh, uh, when, when that happened, who knows what Jonah looked like when he got to Nineveh. He may have been all rested up. And, uh, uh, but, uh, but, but regardless, God used uh, Jonah as a great sign and a great message. And the way they repented is evidence of that. I mean, it was a full and thorough and immediate repentance. And praise God for that. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. They had come to a place, Nineveh had, where God gave them an ultimatum. You have 40 days. After 40 days, you're done. And you know what they said? We believe you, God. <laughs> we don't want to be done. And I mean, they repented. They repented. Uh, it's kind of like what God did, as I mentioned earlier, with, with Jerusalem. Listen, you're going to surrender or you're going to die. That's Ezekiel's uh, uh, message. You know, when Ezekiel talks about, you know, if you, if you, when, if, when God tells you to do something in the passage there, he says, he says if a man, uh, if a man uh, uh, is disobeying God uh, and, he turns, if he's, and, he, and he turns and obeys, I'll, then I'll forgive him. And, uh, and he won't, won't be judged. He says, if he's obeying God, then he turns, then I won't forgive him, then I'll be judged. The judgment he's talking about there, the soul that sinneth it shall die, is the physical judgment of death in Ezekiel that God has, and Jeremiah has said, if you don't surrender, you will die. If you do surrender, you will be saved. That's the judgment he's talking about in the context. And they, and they had the ultimatum. Here it is. God's will for them Ezekiel was talking about God's will surrender just come to Babylon go against God's will what was that in, in the main sense of what Ezekiel was saying go against God's will that was don't surrender resist don't surrender die uh, surrender uh, you're, you're coming to Babylon but you'll live but you'll live and we see that and uh, so Nineveh repented and because of that repentance uh God, uh, God turned away. He did not do the evil uh, that, that he said that he would do unto them there in verse 10. 
and we read uh, in, our, in, in the scripture that a uh, little over around 100 years later or so in the book of Nahum, the prophet Nahum will, will, will be telling us about the destruction of Nineveh because it did happen, but it was about 100 years, a little over 100 years after Jonah. So their repentance uh, was imminent. It was, I mean, their, their destruction was imminent. It was, it was within uh, 40 days it could have happened uh, right there. God was ready. But because they repented, what happened? There was a hundred more years before the, uh, uh, the, Babylon, the Babylonians and, uh, and uh, the Medo-Persians and such got together and, uh, and, uh, and sacked Nineveh. Uh, they, 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 they wanted to overcome the Assyrians. And then Nineveh uh, was, was destroyed a uh, hundred uh, years later, 612 uh, B.C. So we see that. And it's an amazing thing. We may come back to this chapter uh, and uh, glean a few more things out of it. We may move on to chapter 4. We'll see how the Lord leads us uh, in, the, in the next study. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your word, and I thank you, God, for your goodness. And It is truly humbling to see that when we, when we read your book, we're talking about, we're seeing nations that their existence is determined by you. And even their beginning, their birth, like Israel, is determined by you. And God, we are humbled because we are uh, a drop in the bucket. Uh, Lord, you are the creator of heaven and earth. And uh, the heart of the king is in your hand. And as the rivers of water, you turn it with us wherever you will. And Father, we are humbled by your power and by your might. And Father, in that respect, we pray for our nation. Uh, God, we have turned from you and we need repentance. And Lord, I pray that you would help us as believers, dear God, to, uh, to, to love you, to pray for our nation, uh, to pray for our neighbors, and to be, Lord, the best witness that we can be. Uh, we're worthy, uh, as uh, so many are, of judgment. And Father, uh, we don't want it. We want, we want mercy. But we know uh, there is a time uh, dear God, when there's a time when uh, just wanting mercy, uh, dear God, won't be enough. Uh, we want mercy at salvation. Our hearts turn. We want mercy and forgiveness, and we get that. And we're thankful for that, God. But as we walk with you as a people, uh, there comes a time, and as a nation, there, com there comes a time when you require works. Uh, dear God, you looked at Nineveh's works. And, uh, and when they turned from their works, uh, you spared the nation. It had nothing to do with their spiritual, with their spiritual salvation. Uh, when they turned from their works uh, and showed that that repentance was true, then you spared the nation uh, uh, for, for another hundred years. And God, right now, our nation needs to turn from some of the works that it's doing. We need to turn from some of the laws that we're passing. We need to turn from some of the evils that, uh, that we have brought into law in our nation. And so, Father, we pray uh, for revival. We pray you'd help us as churches uh, to lovingly proclaim the truth, lovingly proclaim right uh, from wrong. And, Father, help us in our own hearts, uh, uh, Father, to be right with you. Turn from those things in our lives that may be wrong and not according to your will. And, uh, Father, that we may have that open communication of prayer, that burden uh, for others, God, to, uh, to turn to you and, and, and to be the, the best example that we can be. This is not our home, and we are pilgrims here. We are missionaries here. 
And yet we ought to care for our land like everybody cares for their own land. Uh, Father, wanting to do all that we can uh, to see godliness uh, advanced and to see ungodliness uh, uh, resisted. And so, Father, we pray you'd give us wisdom, Lord, in how to do that and grace uh, and love, Lord, in doing that as well. Father, help us to be careful to thank you and praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.